Welcome to the Channel 17 podcast, a weekly Atlanta Braves discussion podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always, my father, Tim Floyd. Great to be with you, Will. Not necessarily a great week of Braves baseball yes. to talk about, but um, always glad to talk about it anyway. So... The Braves were in my part of the country, and I was unable to see them because getting from my house to Anaheim for a night baseball game is just weird. Yeah, sorry you didn't go, but on the other hand, um, had you gone to uh, certainly the middle game of that three-game series in Anaheim, it it would have been too traumatic. I'm I'm glad you didn't have to see that in person. Well, I mean, I probably would have gone Monday, but... That was the good game to go to, but like, right? This team is just weird. I was trying to think of how to describe them, and I kind of want to say they should be better than they are, but they weirdly remind me of like my rec softball team. In that, hey, we're doing all right. We're doing fine. Oh, three errors in an inning. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the bottom line is they're really not that good. Um, the one. The huge disappointment and the reason they're not better than they are is are, are the starting pitchers. Um, we'll, we can talk about that in more detail. Offensively, you know, they're scoring runs at a, mostly at an okay clip. Um, the loss of Freeman is still going to hurt a lot. The first few games of Matt Adams made it seem like, oh, well, who needs Freddie? But obviously that's a huge loss. Yeah, well, I never said that. Yeah, I, no, I didn't either. Although you, you could sort of convince yourself if you were, well, no, not really. But anyway, um, it, it's these starting pitchers um, that, that have really let the team down. And it's, it's hard to be very competitive when you you regularly have starting pitchers that give up, you know, four, five, six, eight, nine runs in the first four or five innings. And that's happened way too often. Yeah, I don't really know. My problem is the team just has obvious holes, and I'm not sure if there's a quick fix for this season. So I can look at this team and think they could be more competitive. But it kind of depends on Dansby Swanson and Rio Ruiz hitting okay. Rio's doing all right, I guess. The team was never really going to be competitive this year. The The oddest thing about the team so far, you know, we're a couple of months in, is they've been so streaky. They've had, you know, a couple of really bad losing streaks and a couple of really good winning streaks. I mean, more than some teams would have in a whole season, a mediocre team. Um, so overall, they're, they're an under 500 team, but they've had flashes, weeks, where they look, hey, they're playing really well. But if you look at the, the total, they're just way too many holes um, here and there, and including, as you mentioned, uh, our young shortstop. He had a miserable week after having two or three weeks where I thought, okay, he's turned the corner, now he's doing what we expected. All of a sudden, he cratered again. Uh, Not just on offense, but also on defense, unfortunately. But again, that's just growing pains. You said a little while ago, there's not a quick fix. Well, that's okay. We don't want a quick fix. You've got to keep your eyes on the prize of the rebuild. Right. And if it turns out in another month or six weeks, We've got to unload some of the productive players we do have. 
um, that's okay too. Um, they overpromised that by the time we got to the new ballpark, they'd be competitive, but that was never really realistic. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's how much though could you get for like Tyler Flowers and Brandon Phillips and Nick Markakis? Um, I would have said you couldn't get much of anything for Tyler Flowers a year ago right now, but he's put together a year and two months that are, you know, not just solid, but really excellent. And if somebody needs a catcher going down the stretch, I mean, the Tyler Flowers of the first two months of this year, um, you'd, you'd love to have that guy. The problem, of course, is that's an aberration over his fairly long career now, so... I don't know what I just don't know what kind of market there is for somebody right. like that. I mean, um, the real problems with this team are that their bench is absolutely atrocious. The, the bench is I, I never remember a worse bench. I, I I followed all the really horrible Atlanta Braves teams, as you know, for their whole fifty-year history, and I don't think there's ever been a bench this bad that, that I've ever seen. I in mean, baseball. last week kind of just to stir the pot or to prove how bad the bench was, I made the argument that Danny Santana should be cut before Emilio Bonifacio, of all people. And you know what? Yeah. Danny Santana hasn't done anything to disprove my ridiculous thesis. Yeah, although he's still better than Bonifacio. Probably. Bonifacio. Neither of yeah. them are good. Neither really belongs on a major league roster. Um... Bonifacio's had many more years to prove that conclusively, and he's even worse right now. So, no, he's, he'd be the first to go. The odd thing about the bench, as we've said several times, is he's not the last option. He's been the first option. Mm-hmm. In most of the high-leverage pitch hit situations, that's who the bench, that's who the manager turns to. Um, and that's that's untenable. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, and maybe the news... We'll, we'll hit before we even post. When Adonis Garcia is reactivated off the DL, that may be the end of the line for our friend Emilio. Surely it will be. Um, they, they'll have to cut somebody, and I assume it'll be Bonifacio. I mean, I'm certainly hoping they're not going to send Ruiz back down. Um, I like the idea now of going forward with a platoon with Ruiz getting most of the at-bats against righties, and that gives you... I'm not a huge fan of Garcia, but I'd rather see him pitch hitting in the seventh or eighth inning than Bonifacio. So I think that may be what they're about to do, but we'll see. Well, and probably if it does happen, it will be almost as soon as uh, I hit stop on the record. We're doing this uh, middle of the day on Thursday, Eastern time, because the Braves don't have a game on Thursday. But of course, what they're going to do is have a big transaction or something. Uh, I I think the other real thing is... the starting pitching has been worse than expected. In particular, right. Bartolo Colon has been a disaster. Colon, you know, I read a lot of people in the offseason saying that he's a very, he's a safe signing because he has such an established level. He's the same every year. But as we both worried in the offseason, well, at some point that won't be true. In the year you turn 44, maybe that's the year you fall off the table. And as we also often say, there's very little margin for error with Cologne. If he's not hitting his spots exactly, um, he's throwing batting practice. And unfortunately, he's been throwing a lot of batting practice this year. Um, I know some people say his peripherals aren't quite as bad as his, his actual statistics, but 
when your ERA is around seven, um, it I don't care how good your peripherals are, and they're and not that good either. By the way, he's given up nine unearned runs. Yeah, he he gave he gave up nine runs in his in the last start, only two of which were earned. That was that was the single worst inning of. Uh, defensive baseball that I think a major league team's done in my memory. They're but you know what? If you're employing Bartolo Colon, you're not getting out of it with a strikeout. That's right. If they're going to put the ball in play. you got to field it and get them out. So. I mean, you're facing a DH in that game. You don't have the pitcher right. spot that might sort of come in handy. And now all of a sudden, you can't really... This is the other way that it reminds me of my softball team. People aren't striking out. I mean, it's kind of yep. crazy. But you, you got to catch the ball and get them out. Now, two of the errors were, or two of the miscues at least, were on Bartolo. Two balls right. hit to him. But um, another one where Adams just held the ball. And I mean, it was it was kind of like little league or even t-ball hit to the hit the players. They didn't even seem to know what to do with it. Right. It, was, it was it was bizarre. Um, and you know. But, but it's, we can't just single out that one inning. Cologne has been far short of what they they, they hoped for when they gave him $12 million for this year, whatever they gave him. Dickey, I, I, I have a soft spot for Dickey because, as you know, I love the knuckler. Um, Dickey has not been what you would have hoped for either. He has been much more like the Toronto pitcher of the last two years than the Mets pitcher the Braves remember, and that's – uh, that's not surprising, I guess, but that's just not quite good enough. And the real problem there is a lot of people said, what a genius move by the front office to sign these guys and trade for Garcia, Jaime Garcia, because, you know, if you're not in it, at least they'll have some good trade value in July. Well, I don't think Cologne and Dickey have any trade value at all no. at this point. Bartolo oh, could get released and not be picked up by a, an independent league team. Yeah, that's probably right. Actually, they would totally do that. That would be a huge thing, and he'd probably go. Yeah. But I think he could to, play on your softball team. He looks more like a, right. an adult softball player. Yeah. Uh, to rehash arguments from a week ago again, he looks like a fat 44-year-old pitcher. I mean, yeah, those guys, for that. you know, don't stick around. Um, the other guys who pitched into their 40s did not have his physique. Um, yeah, the problem, though, you know, Will, is last year he looked like a fat 43-year-old pitcher, and he was pretty damn good. <laughs> what I'm saying but is, you can't expect him to improve that much. I think the other big transaction might be that we learn Bartolo is cut. Yeah, I, maybe. Um, I'm not. I mean, if, if they take him out of the rotation, I guess they would give that spot maybe to Lucas Sims. Sims uh, or Newcomb? Yeah. It might um, be dependent on who last pitched and where they'd fit. Yeah. To be honest. On, on the other hand, I think if they do it at all, they're probably doing it not just for one of those spot starts, depending right. on who's, who's rested, but just go ahead and give a rotation spot to somebody at yeah. AAA going forward. Could be Whistler, but I think they may have brought him up really to be a bullpen piece. So it'd be either Sims or Newcomb, um, both of whom have had their moments this year, but both of whom have also looked like they're not quite ready, but... They'd probably be better than Cologne so far. Yes, that's not that high a bar this year. So, yeah, why not? that's true. Yeah. Well, as a fan, it would be fun. I'd, yes. <laughs> that, as a there's, front office per, <laughs> There's I, I a wanna, difference between best players. for the Braves and best for my entertainment value. Um, <laughs> the, 
that yeah, is that's colliding soon. Right. Uh, uh, well, the, the starting pitching, as I say, has been the weak link all along, and we've sort of exhausted that. But we haven't talked about Julio. Um, Julio's yeah. been disappointing this year, but his last couple of starts have been okay and not bad. He's he's not pitching as well as we saw him pitch last year, what we thought was an established level, but there's no reason to think Julio is all of a sudden just not a good pitcher. Fulton Evich has had his moments, but his last start was, you know, like an old-time Fulton Evich where he seemed to get frustrated and the wheel sort of fell off all at once. Um, he goes again tonight, I mean, tomorrow night, I guess, the next game Friday, so um, I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic about Fulty. Um, but they, they still got the, um, the one pitcher that has pitched extremely well the last couple of weeks is Jaime Garcia. Uh, he is Somehow. far away their best pitcher at the moment. Had an excellent start last night, Wednesday night, uh, following an excellent start the start before. Uh, he's the one who's got trade value. If yeah. he has a few more starts like this by the 1st of July, um, they got value last year. Uh, for Bud Norris, they even got value for who was it? Lucas Harrell. They mm-hmm. got Travis Demerit for Lucas Harrell, right? Yes. I mean, Garcia could bring a pretty good haul. Um, so that's something maybe to look forward and to. And you should probably trade him before uh, he injures himself again. Not to be crude about yeah. it, but. In some ways, the sooner the better. That's true. Well, and it's actually what's interesting about Julio is that. He had a few terrible starts and a yeah. few really good ones. So yeah, he's um, been imbalanced. So he has pitched like the Julio we expect, and he's also got yeah, an absolutely he, shellac. He can still do that. Um, I'm just not that worried about him. Julio, I, he's he's just always – I think he's going to be a good major league pitcher for a while. He's not going to be your prototypical ace where he can just be dominant for many starts in a row. Um, but that's okay. Not, not many people are, uh, I'm not that worried about him. Um, but the, the real key is going to be at what point are we going to start to see the minor league pitchers this year? No doubt. I think we'll see Sims and Newcomb. Right. Just, I don't know when it will be. It might be later. It might be sooner. Um, but then the, the other question is how early will we start to see those guys at double a, um, and, you know, the two best ones, Allard and Soroka, are just 19, so... Not Probably this not year, but, this year. But maybe next year. Maybe. The real thing to me about looking at someone like Allard, which actually also brings up Acuna, they are probably, those two, our best chances, respectively, in the future for a Cy Young and an MVP. Yeah, looking at everybody, all the great prospects they've got... Um, Right now, Allard is probably at the top of the list among the pitchers, and uh, Acuna, man, um, he is—he is—he had a four hits again last yes. night on Wednesday. He—he—he um, he, he looks like a superstar. It's—it's it's early. He's 19, and he's only been in Double A ball for less than a month. But um, you're right, based on potential, he—he is—he looks like he could really be something special. I mean, he's hitting over 400 at Double A in Mississippi yeah. with at some 19. power and stealing a bunch of bases. Yes, <laughs> you know? he is uh, the total package. 
he is everything you'd expect um, from a future superstar right now. Now, things can change. We thought that about Ozzy last year. He hasn't been that good at Gwinnett. Yeah. But, I mean, th- this is a lot more power than Ozzy. Yeah, there'll be bumps. yeah he, he's, he's got more tools even because of his power. There, there will be bumps in the road, no doubt. And he might, hell, he might be a flash in the pan and not turn out at all. But um, talking about, you know, time of arrival at the big leagues, I mean, he's a barely at double a and he's 19 allard is you know his first year at double a at 19 i just might be wrong but i assume they'd be more likely to to have a 20 year old position player make the big club than a 20 year old pitcher i'm talking about next year i can't imagine either would come up this year um because we've seen them call up 20 year old outfielders jason hayward's the most recent example um 20 year old pitchers that's that's another story that's awfully rare on the other hand let me read you some stats yeah. Uh, in 54 innings pitched at Double A, Colby Allard has a 1.83 ERA. Wow. He has struck out 46 batters while only walking 17, three of which were intentional. Why are you intentionally walking, guys? That's stupid. Wow. F- 46 Ks and only 14 unintentional walks. Yeah. Sean Newcomb, pay attention. Yes. Uh, and more importantly, he has not allowed home runs. Now, it is Mississippi. Yeah, you don't. Um, no one. Although on that team Acuna has. and Demerit seem to know how to hit home runs in that yes, park, uh, they which do. Is why, why their offensive numbers are even more impressive. Uh, but I mean, this is a guy who's pitching extremely well, and every scout you read talk about him says he's advanced for his age. He's great. Um, it is interesting, though, as much as the wave appeared to be coming through this year the real wave is at least two maybe three years away and that doesn't even right. include the guy who everyone says has the most talent in the system kevin Maiton, right who is who let's know 17 yet yeah right um, um <laughs> yeah well that's the problem with the rebuild they decided instead of drafting college players or you know trading for prospects that were at triple a they were really going from the ground up which is okay but it means you, you got to. It takes patience. It takes four or five years if you're starting with 17 year olds, mm-hmm. you know, um, to have them major league ready. And I think that's probably what we're facing. Clearly, 2017 isn't the year they compete for the. For, I mean, they could they could turn it on and all of a sudden the pitchers could do better. But I, this is a 70 something win team this year, better than the 60 something win teams of the last couple of years. But it's yeah. slow progress. To be competitive next year, I'm talking 2018, to really be in the running for to play in October, um, they would almost have to have three or four of the young pitchers come through for them. Well, and they need the young that's, pitchers that's, already in the rotation to improve, one. Right. I mean, Tehran yeah, gets back to, step it up. and Fulte's got to take a step forward for that to happen. You would need Lucas Sims or Sean Newcomb or both to come into the majors and pitch well. And then you need some of these guys at Mississippi to be able to step up. Right. And, I mean... I mean, it may be Max Freed, although he's had his problems, or it may be Patrick well. Weigel, sorry. you know, who's now at Trip. I mean, there, there are several other possibilities. They can, right. So it's... But you're counting on a whole bunch of young pitchers to all come together at the same time to be competitive next year, most of whom haven't pitched an inning in the major leagues. So, yeah, that's a long shot, too. So, again, I'm, I'm still okay with the rebuild, but realistically... 
you're looking at another two or three years before you're really competitive, unless they get really lucky. Yeah, and we've said I this before. I think they will be. My goodness, they, they do have a ton of talent. They do. This team is more fun to watch than previous. Oh, versions. this team! I've been. I've seen probably more games this season than I saw all of last season from. From beginning to end. I got so turned off in April and May last year because the team was so bad that I just didn't watch much at all. Um, you know, they got better in August and September, and I watched more. But I've, I've been keeping up pretty well this year, um, and and they, they are more interesting. Uh, they're also frustrating, and it's been a frustrating week <laughs> since we last talked. I, I mean... You know, we've spent a lot of time on the minor leaguers before, and before we get off of that, really, we should highlight Brett Cumberland, who has to be a really good hitter uh, over the past few weeks in a three-throw. Yeah, let's remind our listeners about that guy. You know, he was he was drafted last year, but unlike almost everybody else they've drafted lately, he was a college player, and he was like the hitter of the year in in the the Pac-12 conference, right? Yeah, played at Cal, mm-hmm. um, Berkeley, as I remember. Um, and he was a great hitter. That he played played some catcher, and I guess the real question is, does he have the defensive ability to stay at catcher, which you'd love if he could. But even if he doesn't, they were sort of counting on him to have a good enough bat to play corner outfield. I don't know enough about his defense. He's been playing a fair amount of catcher, kind of back and forth, catcher yeah. and DH. He's been but catching the problem and with that guy is his bat was really it was really surprising playing at low A last year that um, he seemed overmatched um, coming out of high school in a good program. And he got off to not a great start, but my gosh, the last month, he is, he is, he's been better than Acuna. Maybe. Well, I don't know about that. but Well, um, overall raw stats. stats. Would, it's more exciting when it's a 19-year-old hitting 400, but Cumberland, <laughs> he's probably not long for Rome. He'll probably go to Florida very soon. Um, Might yeah, even be in I Mississippi would, by the end of the year. But this is what the point about Brett Cumberland is they are deep in the system. Oh, right, yeah. And we There's don't need Brett talent. Cumberland and to work out. And it's not just pitching talent. They do have, you know, some, some position talent. Um, I've heard, I see people on discussion boards and all say, oh, boy, Ozzy always hasn't worked out. Everybody thought he's going to be great. Well, again, he's just 20 years old. He had, you know, a pretty severe injury in the offseason. I mean, that throughout the offseason. Um, He's holding his own. It's probably good that he's going to have one more year at the minor leagues, but there's no reason to think he won't be you know, a really good major league player probably next year. Right, and also um, Rio he's Ruiz a second is baseman. already in the major leagues, and he's looking like he belongs. They're going to be growing pains, and he, he may not be a star, but um, I'm glad to see him, um, and I like what I see from him. Uh, Travis DeMeret has turned out to be um, – he, he's continued to do what you want him to do. He's not striking out quite as much as he did before the Braves got him. Um, a lot of power, a lot of speed. You mentioned Acuna. You got some other guys lower down, some speed merchants um, that are really doing doing some good stuff. Um, you, Austin Riley is, you know, make, making some progress. It's, it's still going to be a while. They've got position talent. It just overshadowed by the tremendous number of great young pitchers. Well, and the other yeah, thing, the, the future is still really bright. It's just that, that future is probably two or yeah. three years away rather than next year. The other thing that needs to be kept in mind. I think it's especially applicable to Ozzy Albies. I mean, it looked like he could be a 400 hitter when he was tearing up Mississippi as the youngest player in the league last year. But 
if this guy turns out to be a 290 hitter who gets on base at a 340 clip with doubles power and speed and is a really good defensive second baseman, that's an all-star. Oh, right. I mean, yeah, I think that you, that you have to understand what some of the expectations are. Um, what I kept saying in the offseason was, if Rio Ruiz hit basically like he did last year at AAA, which is like 270, 340, 410, as a major leaguer, that's actually a better third baseman among the league's teams. We don't. Yeah. We like to think of it, we're going to project stardom, but you also need quality starters. And that's an important quality to look for and to sort of be comfortable with, I think, as fans. Yeah. Um, I did want to think about this with you, though, as I'm looking over this roster and I'm kind of wondering where they fit and how everything will put together. I'm going to go through some players and ask you what you think they'll be hitting and where you think they'll be on September 1st. Let's start. Let's just go around the diamond. Tyler Flowers. Um, I think they, I think they'll keep, I mean, Flowers, if he continues to hit like this, um, there will be people that will want him in July, probably. Um, on the other hand, the Braves don't have anybody to, 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 I mean, they've got their other catcher, Suzuki, but, um, I doubt they're in a hurry to trade Tyler Flowers. So my prediction is he'll still be with the Braves. Now, what he'll be hitting, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say his batting average won't be as high on September 1st as it is today. What is it today, Will? You got 358. Yeah, he's been amazing. Um, but, you know, he hit well last year. Right. Um, Catchers don't hit 358. Players, in general, don't hit 358. No. Um, but here we are a third of the way through the season. Um, he, he could get pretty cold, and he's got a long way to go right. before he drops under 300. Not that batting average is the all and end all, but he gets on base at a pretty good clip, yeah. too. Yeah, well, because he gets hit by pitches all the time. Yeah. Uh, um, him he's, and he's, Suzuki. He, I don't he get it. He doesn't have a huge amount of power, but with that kind of batting average. So anyway. Um, so you think we're holding on to Tyler Flowers? I, I think so. Uh, Freddie Freeman, who will hopefully be I, back by then. I hope he is back in the lineup and slugging on September 1st. On the other hand, um, you know, the eight to ten weeks he'd be out might put him to August 1st. And if, if there's any still soreness, uh, I, I would just rather not risk any re-injury. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be unhappy, and I'd miss him, but I'd, I, I'd, I'm mainly worried about the long term for Freeman because this year it doesn't matter. Um, it'd be fun to see him come back and hit, but I'm also okay if they just shut him down for the season and give him a lot more time to heal because those risks, I mean, you've seen that mess people up. So let me let me say, Freeman will not be hitting. Um, okay. He'll go to... Um, He'll, he'll just be working out a lot, but he won't He won't be on the Major League roster. That's a bold prediction. I think he yeah. will be back, just coming back. I don't really think he's a 1,200 OPS kind of hitter. I think he's in over 1,000, but that's a difference. Well, 1,200, I mean, he, he's not Barry Bonds or Ted Williams. That's yeah. that's pretty much the, that's who that club mm-hmm. is. Um, and thanks for insulting Mickey Mantle. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll <laughs> give you him. Uh, Brandon Phillips. Um. I think there is an excellent chance Phillips is on another team. Um, if you know he's been banged up a little bit this week, he's been hurt a little bit earlier in the year, um, but he's been a pleasant surprise in terms of um, his offense. 
Phillips doesn't walk enough or have enough power, to my mind, to be a really good offensive player. But on the other hand, if he hits 300, um, he's valuable. He's he's very dependent on his batting average, which is over 300, right? Well, it's 294 now. Okay, well, close. Um, there are teams that would like to have him. I can't remember what the deal was when the Braves. Yeah, that's what got I was him. trying to remember. I think I, it was I, one think, of those I mean, he had a no trade clause, and he finally gave in to go to the Braves. And I don't know what kind of deal he has with the Braves. I, I think he probably does have the right to approve any deal. So. He might not want to go anywhere else, and maybe but I just don't know what the deal is. If a on World that. Series contender needs a uh, second yeah, baseman, the chance to play for somebody in October, I would think he'd yeah. go for it. Uh, but I think he's not as likely as some other people to be traded. Uh, Dansby Swanson will be at shortstop. Don't even try to act like he won't be, despite his <laughs> you know, struggles. I'm, I'm on Braves Journal a fair amount, and I, I read them every day. Um, man, that board has turned on Dansby in the last couple of days. Well, he's been horrible. Uh, it's partly because he's made he's got ten errors I think on the season, mm-hmm. um, which is not a good taste. Um, but um, and he's and his 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 offense has even you know he had a couple of weeks when we last talked said man he's doing just what you wanted he's he's getting back to where you want and then all of a sudden he's gone like oh for the week and <laughs> since then and his average has plummeted back down below two hundred by a fair amount. So I don't know what's going on with him, but and, and a lot of people say he needs just to be sent down to Gwinnett and to, to work on straightening it out. I cannot imagine they would do that. Uh, for one thing, they don't really have an alternative at shortstop, right. um, and you know, just let him play. Um, he will. He won't be this bad. Um, he, he might go through another hot stretch and get his average back up to. Let, let me say he finishes the year at. 222, um, but with a fair number of walks, so he's got an on-base percentage of almost 300, and hitting with enough power that he's finishes with an OPS of, I don't know, 650, and if so, you think, well, that was not a bad year at all, he's alright. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he might actually improve over the second half of the season. Mostly, he can't be this bad that long. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's in Atlanta all year. I think he's probably starting every game, to be honest. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, let's kind of cover a few people at third base. Let's start with Adonis Garcia, because I think this is one of the most interesting points for this exercise. Um, Garcia, um, I'm, I said earlier in this call, I'm hoping that the plan is he is primarily a bench player and just plays third base against left-handed hitters. You can play left field if you needed, if Kemp needed the breather or something. Um, probably played about as well as Matt Kemp. And... <laughs> But I like the idea of him as a right-handed bench bat, and so I'm, I'm going to assume that he's not playing regularly other than mostly pinch hit appearances and one or two starts a week. Um, his, I, he's just not that good a hitter. No. <laughs> he's, he's not a terrible hitter, um, but he's really among – I saw something among regular third basemen. He was like in the bottom two or three of all Major League Baseball in his OPS, if not the bottom, so – um, every now and then, you know, he hits a home run or has yeah. a two or three hit night. Um, but and he's a better hitter than Emilio Bonifacio and Danny that's, Santana. That's why I love him on the bench. Not <laughs> that I think he's that, he'd be that good, but you know, he'd be better than what we've got. Uh, the other guy at third, uh, Rio Ruiz. Um, 
he's the one I'm, I mean, I'm just interested in the players that are going to be around for the next two or three years more than the others. And that's why I was so glad they called him up. He got off to a great start. He hit the home run off Scherzer. Um, he, um, he, he's looked good to me. He made an error last night, but, um, join the club. He's, yeah, right. <laughs> um, he's, I th- he looks like he's, he's going to stick. He may he won't he may not be a star and he may always be more of a platoon kind of player, um, but I'd love to think that he can you know keep up kind of the numbers he has now. What's, what's he it, what's he hitting? Well, so he's far? hitting two forty four, three hundred six, three fifty six. He better keep that up. Uh, yeah, but that's you know that's that's like six fifty OPS. That's what I was saying. If Dansby yeah. can get up to that, I'll feel all right about it. Um, I, you'd like to think long term he'll do better than that, but it is for his first year. I think he can do that well. And I think he will be playing every day at third by September 1st because that's what you should do to kind of right. see how he's going right. to play in the majors. Um, moving to the outfield, is Matt Kemp going to be in a Braves uniform on September 1st? Boy, that's the best question because he is far and away the most productive Brave offensively once Freeman went down. I mean, Freeman was having a season for the ages, but don't let – I mean, you shouldn't overlook the kind of year Kemp's having – He's flirted with an OPS right around 1,000 all year. Um, I keep using OPS because I'm old school. Um, I could use some of the other more modern stats. It's kind of funny to think about that. Um, but mainly, you know, his batting average has stayed up around 350. Um, he's, he's slugging. He's, he has, what did he have, 10 home runs in two months. Um, he, he is much better than I thought he would be when the Braves got him. He was much better for August and September last year. He really turned around. He has kept going and even better. The problem with Matt Kemp is, you know, he's he, he's had an injury history. He's on the high side of 30. Um, he, he could be hurt bad at any defender. point. He, he's, also, he's a terrible defender. He's also been inconsistent if you look at his season splits over many years he'll have a good half and a bad mm-hmm. half and that's that's a little bit scary so truth is that the smart thing for the braves to do long term is to trade kemp in july uh, assuming he can keep up this pace and not be hurt he could bring a really good haul and i mean i hate to think about how bad the braves offense will be without freeman and kemp down the stretch but truth is for the long-term good of the franchise he he would bring much more of a haul now than i would have last year the braves got him for for literally nothing i mean they traded hector Oliveira for him and the padres released Oliveira the same day that was the deal so i mean really the padres gave him to the braves and are paying most of his salary yes this year um i think there are teams that would like to have matt kemp don't you oh yeah i mean if you're especially american league you're an american league team who's tilts lefty and needs power and has a dh spot open why not um i also think uh probably that copy would be willing to get back for kemp for all the reasons you just said like a guy who might be able to be a backup catcher starting next year that's not at arbitration yet right a decent relief prospect and a low-level arm who throws hard we're not getting a blockbuster package but you know it's kind of this solid fine idea plug some holes in the system kind of thing yep um ender enciarte uh no chance he's going anywhere um he they still want him to be the center fielder for the next several years uh after a little bit of a slow april Mm -hmm. he is doing just what you want him to do a great defense um 
He's got his batting average back up closer to 290, which is important for him. He doesn't walk quite enough, but if he hits that much, he gets on base, you know, at a, at a good enough clip. He does everything else well. Um, he had that aberration where he had like three home runs in a few days earlier, but um, he's not going to hit for a whole lot of power. But um, I don't think Enciarte is going anywhere. He would have value. There are teams that would love right. to have him. Uh, uh, but I think he's part of the rebuild. He is part of the future. The Just soonest like he would be traded is the off season because Acuna has been so good. And well, we would find out, oh, Ender Enciarte got traded. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Wait, Copy got what? And that? Yeah. It has to be one of those trades. Well, and that could, with, with Compalella, that could always happen. I wouldn't say. But I don't think know, he's looking to get rid of Inter. No, I and I, think, I, I can't quite imagine he would, so I don't expect it. Again, I, I think don't Copy. I think he would do it unless and until Acuna is already on the major league right. team and is playing well. Copy um, has a price for everybody. I'm well, convinced sure. of this. But I assume for Ender, it's quite high. And uh, to round out sort of who's playing sort of every day-ish, Nick Markakis. Um, Markakis, you're the one who said to me, I think, didn't you, that um, he, he's, he's like a robot. Yeah. Or, uh, in I, mean, the, I saw that somewhere else, but yeah. He, he, is, he is the most consistent baseball player you'd ever want to see. He, he never, you know, in the field, he catches the balls he ought to. He doesn't really get to much of anything that makes it seem a spectacular catch. He's not really that good an outfielder, but at least he's dependable. But what's remarkable is... He he is the he just he just stays the same at the plate, and he has for almost all of his career. The interesting thing about Marcakis to me is he he had no power his first year with the Braves, but everybody said, well, he had the neck injury, he'll come back. And then last year he hit I don't know double digit home runs. Um, this year he's not hitting home runs again, mm-hmm. and playing in SunTrust Park, you think he would? Even without home runs, he hit lots of doubles. He gets on base. Um, He's still a good offensive player. Um, there would be takers for him, I think. Um, he's controllable the rest of this year and next year. Um, I think there's an excellent chance he's traded in July. I, yeah. I, my prediction is he will not be with the Braves on September 1st. I think if uh, some contender has an injury to an outfielder, Nick Markakis is gone pretty quickly by the time July yeah. rolls around. It just yeah, makes too much sense. A contender that needs a corner outfielder, um, yeah, he'd be in high demand. Because uh, you know what you're getting with him, right? Right. The other guys I guess we should talk about, uh, Jace Peterson. He's been such a disappointment. I keep wanting Jace to make it. I know. He, he, the positional versatility, the fact that he's a good athlete, um, but, I mean, he just doesn't seem to be able to hit major league pitching, unfortunately. Defensively, he's made a lot of miscues. They had him at first base again last night, um, which is not a good idea. No. Um, and and he's not really a major league shortstop, although he's had to play there a couple of times. I mean, I, I like the guy, but you know, early on, people said he could be like Martin Prado, play all over the field, and you know, it, he is he is miles nope. away from Martin Prado. Nope. And at this point, I don't guess he ever will. That be trademark Martin that. Prado three ten. 360, 420 season is not coming from Jace Peterson. No, more like uh, 210. Yeah. Um, and, and he's below that now, right? Uh, the backup catcher for now, Kurt Suzuki. Um, I don't think there's a market for Suzuki. Suzuki, I mean, we talk about Flowers having such a good year, but my goodness, Suzuki has, um, 
he's been a pleasant surprise offensively. Small sample size, he'll probably revert. Um, but I don't think there are people that would be after him. He's a good guy to have in your organization. They don't, they don't have the, the young catchers they'd like to see come along, um, like Brett Cumberland or Alex Jackson, if they can either stick at catcher are still a good ways or away. Or Cade Civic learns to hit well enough. Yeah, he's he'd probably be the closest to the major leagues, mm-hmm. but he's at best he's Kurt Suzuki if he makes it, you know. <laughs> so, and I mean, if you got young pitchers coming up, a guy like Kurt Suzuki hitting okay is fine to be there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about Amelia Bonifacio and Danny Santana, or are we just hoping they aren't here in two weeks? Uh, I, I'm hoping by the time you post this on the interwebs that people will hear this and think, well, yeah, Bonifacio has already been cut. I, surely you he's say not it now and something's going to happen. This is the problem. Surely he's not going to be on the roster when they play on Friday night with Garcia activated because the only other alternative is either drop Santana or send Ruiz back to um, or, AAA. I, or cut Peterson, to be honest. That's true. I don't know we're, if he's We're got reaching options. that you territory, him, although... You could send him to AAA. I wouldn't cut him. Um, Although, who's the worst hitter between Jace Peterson, Emilio Bonifacio, and Danny Santana is a conversation well, we might keep having, and I will hate the whole time. Bonifacio's the worst. Do you realize Bonifacio's OPS? Yes, I do. Do you realize how bad Danny Santana is? Yes, I do. And he is, if it weren't for a guy like Bonifacio taking up a spot, you say, right. how could they possibly keep somebody like Santana in the major leagues? Um, what I'm Santana saying is... the ball off the wall the other night. Sure, sure. Um, what I'm saying is, did. they're all the problem right now. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the bench bat I want to keep is Matt Adams, who of course is not now a bench bat, but maybe by a- Adams. It, when Freeman comes back, what a great guy! I mean, we've said it before. He he's the new Eric Hensky. Um, great left, partly it's physique that makes yeah. you say that. But left-handed hitter, great guy to have off the bench. Um, you could, in theory, if you wanted to, play him in an outfield corner spot as a thing. They, they say that you could. Um, <laughs> Cardinals said that they could, but I'm, I don't think I want to see that. Uh, I saw Eric Hensky play a little bit of left field for the Braves, and it was not a pretty sight. Hey, I was once was at a Yankees-Orioles game and saw Ty Wigginton, when he was like 36, play short for two innings. <laughs> Weird things happen. That doesn't mean these players are actually no, good enough to play Adam's that. bat is something you'd want to have with you um, on, a, on a good team. He'd right. be a great guy to have on the bench as a fill-in at first and maybe left field and your first left-handed bat off the and bench. And your DH in interleague games. And, that, right, you know, you yeah. can see this. Uh, Unfortunately, an he had a minor injury. He, um, they actually had Jace Peterson playing first base last night in an American League park. So Danny Santana could DH, or is that Tuesday night? <laughs> right. Yeah, Matt Kemp played left field, and Danny Santana was the DH. Do you understand? Doing that, that wrong, either? just doing yeah. that wrong. Right. Uh, I mean, it's interesting that actually it seems like our expectations haven't changed that much, except for maybe Dansby. D- Dansby, um, is, right? Is, this is, sounds a lot like our preseason predictions. Yeah. Dansby, well, we turned on Jace. Unfortunately. Um, his 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 underperform what anybody predicted for him. Um, he hadn't been a pro all that long. Maybe we we need. I think we need to be a little more patient. But man, he's been a disappointment. And I say that now, even though a week ago I was saying he's turned the corner. He's going to be fine. Um, and it's just one week, like five or six games since we last talked. Pretty bad game. He had his. He was hitting well over three hundred with. A, with you know his own base percentage over 400 for like three weeks 
it's just one bad week. And um, I will also note, what might be the cure for what ails any hitter is going to Cincinnati and facing... There you go. These are the scheduled starters. Bronson Arroyo, Scott Feldman, and Luis Alberto Bonilla. Did you know Bronson Arroyo and Scott Feldman were still pitching? You know, the problem with... No, I, I had no idea. Um, Bronson Arroyo was part of the Braves deal um, with the Diamondbacks when, you know, they... There was never any intention, actually, to <laughs> to have Bronson Arroyo. Um, that's how we got Tukey. That's how we got Tukey. That was just a little <laughs> salary relief for the Diamondbacks. I thought Arroyo was finished then. But, you know, the problem, though, Will, um, Arroyo will have a great game against the Braves. I know. I know. You, you know who the pitcher was last night who outdueled Jaime Garcia in his best start of the year? Jesse Chavez. I know. You know who saved the game for the A's? <laughs> Um, for the Angels, Bud Norris. Do you, <laughs> you know, know who, who got the game-winning the... home run? Eric Friggin Young Eric Jr. Young Jr. I know All this. All of whom I were know with this. the Braves a year ago. <laughs> um, Eric Young had not hit a home run in the major league since 2014. <laughs> yes. He hit the game-winning home yes. run. So it's because he had on a Braves uniform at one point. He's going to haunt us. So <laughs> the, the facing Arroyo, although Arroyo, did he ever actually wear a Braves uniform? Not an Atlanta Braves uniform. I don't know if he got a spot start in Gwinnett or something. I'm not sure he was even with them them that long. Uh, Maybe that'll be the saving grace. And then um, over the uh, start of next week, we face the Phillies at SunTrust Park. Uh, The Phillies have had their own issues. Uh, So maybe this can be the teams that... We sort of start to rebound against. Certainly, the streets well, that's, have been that's, 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 that's tied an to the encouraging opponent. Thought um, the Braves are pretty bad, but you know, there's there's not a whole lot of parrot. I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? There are a lot of bad teams in the National yeah. League. The Braves, for much of the last few weeks, have been in second place. They're still just in third place, just shortly behind the Mets. That's because both the Phillies and the Marlins are pretty awful. Um, and the Mets haven't been know, that good. No, the Mets are like only a game ahead of the Braves. Um, they're not good. Um, the Braves, you know, they could be close to a 500 team without being that good just because that's the nature of the league right now. Well, they yeah, play a lot so, of teams that aren't good. Uh, they can't get there in the next week, but they can certainly get closer if they have a good week. And if they yeah. do that, we will be here to talk about it. And if they are a complete disaster, we will chat about that once again because that is what we do here on the Channel 17 podcast. Brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're listening to us on either iTunes and Stitcher, please leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe to this podcast, because that's how you can help us to like get on charts and do things like be heard by more listeners. You can also help out the Productive Leisure Network a bit more directly through Patreon at Patreon.com slash Productive Leisure. Patreon is a crowdfunding site that allows supporters to give small monthly contributions to support ongoing creative work, like these podcasts. If you want to keep hearing this, please become a patron. Also, if you want to hear the What Happened That Year podcast, a companion piece to our What Happened Today podcast that covers all the events in one year of history. That is currently on uh, our website only for Patreon supporters. So go to patreon.com slash productive leisure and become one today. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening and see you next week.